This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, the importance of spay and neuter and an award-winning author and pet fashionista. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D O G G Y D I V A dot com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Moose is the German Shepherd and hasn't had any kind of health problems at all. He has been on Dynavite since he's a puppy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. We tell anybody that has a dog, if there was something that you could do right from the beginning so that you don't have expensive veterinary bills, why would you not do it? Get the Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Get some Dynavite. How happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. I'm here with Monica Layton, president of Professional Pet Sitting. And with a lot of dogs being adopted and we kind of have the, the pandemic puppies, everyone's getting new forever friends into their homes. But one of the things I think that people need to realize is the importance of spay and neuter as all this is going on. Monica, can you share that with us? Absolutely. So, you know, as an Asian, I think, you know, we all know the importance of spaying and neutering for the pet population. Um, You know, especially, you know, our dogs and our cats, there's so many pets in shelters still. And, you know, just to control population, spaying and neutering is a hundred percent, you know, it's top, top thing that you should do anytime you have a pet. But I wanted to talk about some of the health benefits that people aren't always as aware of. So one of the things out there is I know we hear a lot in the veterinary office is how early should I be spaying and neutering my pet? How, you know, is it better for them? You know, people come in and say, well, I heard it's better to go through their first seed cycle first, or I heard we shouldn't do it until they're a year old, or I heard that we should do it right away. There's just so many different opinions and, you know, information out there. So it's hard for pet owners to always, 
you know, know when is the best time and what some of the effects are for, you know, doing, you know, the stay and neuter and the time frame around it. So I wanted to kind of touch on a couple of those facts. So the first one to start out with is when it comes to spaying and neutering, it all goes back to, and what I see, you know, to easily explain it to people is, you know, that all of our pets are not created equal. So just like when our pets are aging, size has a big aspect to do with their aging process. So for example, our Larger breeds are going to age a little faster and not be with us as long as some of our smaller breeds. And so there's kind of differences out there when it comes to spaying and neutering based on what pet you have and based on the sizing of the pet. So in in a typical fashion as far as spaying and neutering for, you know, a smaller to medium-sized pet, one thing that's very important to know about spaying and neutering is... Pets that are not spayed and neutered at a young age have higher chances of getting mammary cancer and testicular cancer later in life. So if you, in those small to medium breeds, if you can spay or neuter them prior to a year of age, you can almost cut back their chances of getting mammary gland masses, mammary cancer, testicular masses and tumors um, by almost 100%. Those pets that are spayed later in life, oftentimes, even after they've been spayed, sometimes they come in and they're spayed at four or five years old, but by seven or eight, they're getting mammary, mammary, you know, tumors. And you think, oh my gosh, but she spayed. Well, it's because she was not always spayed at that younger age. And, you know, those, those cells were in there, they've grown, they've matured. So by spaying them by under a year of life, you're almost cutting that down by by almost 100%. If you spay or neuter those smaller to medium breeds by two years old, you cut it down by not quite 50%. After that, all bets are off because, Mm -hmm. again, they have the hormones in there, which causes cell change and things of that nature. Um, Another thing that can happen with any breed that if you are not if you are not keeping your pet intact for breeding purposes, then you always want to spay or neuter them, simply because they have hormones going through the body. They're going through heat cycles. They're being attracted. You know, if it's a male, they're being you know testicular levels. You know, testosterone levels are high. They're being attracted to females in the area that can lead to you know, running and escaping, um, dogs being hit by cars. There's a lot of things out there. But also, you get a lot of, especially in females, um, a lot of health issues that way. So you get into false pregnancies. You get into milk duck, like mastitis, cloggages in the ducks. You can get into pyometras, which is an infected uterus. And these can become some very serious surgical issues that can sometimes be fatal. And it's simply because the pet, you know, was having issues with the developmental track and the hormone levels and things of that nature. And if they're not being bred, it's, you know, there's no reason not to spay them or neuter them to stop those medical issues from arriving. Now in our giant breeds, so some of our really big breeds, like our Danes and our Mastiffs, 
there have been a lot of studies that have shown that if you are spaying them and neutering them early in age, they can actually, they've done some studies that have actually shown that it can increase their signs of getting lymphoma later in life. Mm. And that is kind of, it's something that they are researching and doing more, you know, information on now. It can also make them not as large. So if you have one of those larger breed dogs and you're looking to get them big, like you want that really big sizing, um, they say by doing early spay neuter, that could affect that as well. And again, it's a research issue right now. It's, you know, you'll get different doctors with different opinions. So always talk to your veterinarian, but that is something to keep in mind with some of your larger, larger breeds, your real big guys, like your Danes and your Mastiffs. To look at in some of those big, you know, breed dogs is one, you can have the issue of the mammary issues if they're not done by a year, but then you want to look at the size as well. So in our office, we usually recommend, you know, you getting close to that year mark and then doing them later, maybe, you know, 11 months of age. Where some of our smaller guys, as long as they're an appropriate weight for safety, you know, we usually recommend, you know, the around the four to five month age range simply because you get them before they go into their first heat cycle. So again, talk to your veterinarian, but I know there's a lot of, you know, things out there that, you know, give differing opinions. So definitely know that when to stay or neuter your pet can have to do with more than just age. It's based on, you know, the type of pet, the background in the pet, and, you know, always talk to your veterinarian, you know, talk to them about your concerns and, you know, kind of go from there and set up the plan that's best for your pet. That's pretty interesting, Monica, especially the size. And I think that people generally think of spay and neuter for the overpopulation, which of course is the number one reason to do it. I know that we adopted a dog. She was nine years old. We had her fixed. She was, she developed mammary cancer within the first couple of months that we had her. So I know that we experienced that going through her health process. But you know what? And then she became fine and she lived with us till she was 15 years old. But that happens. So it does. It, it, it A lot of health issues tie in with the later that you do it that I don't think that people understand. I think that pe- some people say, well, I'll, I just want to keep my dog intact or I just want to do, they feel that they should go through their first heat. I know years ago when I was young, that's what we believed. And I think a lot of people thought that, but I mean, that was many years ago. And, you know, the thought process has changed. And, and you said the most important thing, Monica, talk to your vet, talk to your vet, because breed, size, age, whatever, um, it should be discussed with your vet so that you know when the best time is to do it. Absolutely. Because again, you know, it's not a I think people look for a general one size fits all answer. Mm-hmm. And in some cases that that's not going to be the best for your pet. You know, I think when it comes to some things like this, when, you know, there's different health aspects to it that, you know, definitely, you know, when you're going in there for those puppy shots and you're, you know, you're there, talk to them about the best time, you know, to spay and neuter for your specific pet, because there are a lot of, you know, contributing factors to, you know, kind of answer that question. 
Absolutely. And and that, this is very enlightening, I hope, to a lot of people to know that it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. There's a lot of things to consider when doing it. Again, have that talk with your vet because they could lead you to the probably the best decision and the, and the healthiest and safest decision for your pap. Absolutely. Well, Monica, as always, thank you. This is a great tip and it's something that maybe some people know, but other people don't know. So hopefully this will help you when you're adopting a pet, when you decide that you want to get it spayed or neutered, all of the things that are taken into effect, as well as the population, obviously, to keep the population down, which is the number one thing. But yeah, these are very important because it also affects your pet's health. So there are important factors for your pet's health as well. So, so thank you, Monica. This has been really great really helpful. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Have a great week. We'll be back in a moment. Hello, everyone. Susan Maria Miss Olive here to announce the release of the second book in the Doggy Diva Diaries series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Friends, a story about Miss Olive's encounters with bullying at a dog park and how she learns a life lesson. Please check out the original award-winning book, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home, which is a story about adoption and rescue. Both books are available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, and please visit TheDoggyDiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, do you have an interest in pet fashion? We have a resource. Help your dog from the inside out with Caniotic Daily Probiotic for Dogs. Caniotic's superior and exclusive technology makes it the only dog probiotic from the dog for the dog. Your dog's gastrointestinal tract is important to their well-being, and a daily dose of Caniotic is one easy way you can support it. Caniotic, C-A-N-I-O-T-I-C, is available on Chewy.com. Add it to your cart today and give it a try. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Lauren Dar is an award-winning and best-selling author a true pet fashionista, founder of the Pet Fashion Guild, and a marketing guru. Lauren has been named a power woman by Fidos of Reality blog. And in the Pet Industry Woman of the Year, she was a finalist. And Pet Age named her a woman of influence. So we are so happy to welcome back to the show, Miss Olive's favorite go-to pet fashionista, Lauren Dar. Hey, Lauren, welcome back to the Doggy Deep Show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm always uh, having a good time when I'm on your show. (laughs) We love having you on. And now for those listeners who may not be familiar with you and all that you do in the pet business industry and the publishing world, can you just share a little bit about yourself and how you got started in writing in the pet business and publishing books? Sure. Um, The Pet Fashion Guild was founded around 2013. I'd always, uh, like you, had a fascination with uh, dressing my pet. As you know, I used to dress my pug tootie uh, since when I was a little girl. Um, And just, you know, somehow kind of turned that into, I guess, a profession later in life. And uh, a lot of the books that we write through Les Paul Press actually support the Pet Fashion Guild with educational books um, about pet fashion. But 
I also, uh, in my spare time, write about uh, any pubs that I've had in my lifetime and um, just kind of tell their fun and funny stories. Well, now you have this amazing marketing background, which is how I originally started to follow you and because it's been years. And then we found out we were sisters from another mother because we had very similar childhoods. (laughs) um, (laughs) It's amazing how kindred spirits come together. But how did that background help you going into the pet fashion industry? Because you have a lot of marketing background and you actually help people such as myself and other people in the pet business to succeed and you have great tips and great information, but I think it's from your, I'll call it your prior life in marketing. Yes, I I think it's been extremely helpful um, because that was my quote-unquote day job for many, many years and uh, I went through the program at SIP and they teach you a lot of the creative side of things and how to produce and those types of things. But what I found is many of the people that go into pet fashion, really, they start just dressing their own dogs and sewing their own costumes or outfits or things like that. And when it starts to balloon into a business, they'll a lot of times start out on Etsy and things start to pick up. They really don't have that background in marketing. And so I have been able to help a lot of pet fashion designers with their marketing so that they can um, even a lot of times quit their day jobs and go into pet fashion full time. And um, the things that I produce, like the books and and those types of things, are really to be educational and or or helpful so that it's kind of a a how-to book or just a guide or a planner. Hitting on that, can you tell us a little bit about the books that I love? Well, I love all your books. I love your children's book. You do great children's books. But for the pet fashion industry, you did a phenomenal book. It's absolutely gorgeous. The pet fashion industry patterns. And then from there, you went into the dog breeds pet fashion illustration encyclopedias, which the way you did that was genius. And uh, and also you had a coloring book, kind of encourages the person to actually take what they see to the page. So can you just tell us a little bit about that, what your inspiration was, and actually your execution on that? Because you started with the pet fashion industry patterns and then took it into the dog breeds, which was specific to dog breeds pet fashion illustration encyclopedia. Yes. Well, pet fashion industry patterns, um, I accumulated just trends that I would watch over a a number of years, probably several three or four years worth of notes, I would see something and I would think, oh, well, that's really very interesting. That looks like something that could be a trend. And that's something that a pet fashion designer could probably capitalize on. For example, uh, making designs for bigger dogs or for cats or smaller pets instead of just what a lot of people visualize as the the typical little dog going down the runway with a, a very glam and glitzy kind of thing on or something very practical. So I had all of these notes that I had thrown into a folder over a several years period of time. And when it got really, really wrinkled and dog-eared, I thought, oh, I ought to put this in a book and, and have this information be useful to people. And so that's how the Pet Fashion Industry Patterns book came about. And then with the dog breeds, the illustration encyclopedia book, I really felt like um, when a designer picks a muse, there wasn't the resources available to them that they would would need readily. 
And um, a lot of it came out about uh, from my classes at FIT because it, when you're in a class, they'll say, okay, pick a breed and design around that breed, you know, kind of as a start. And then they'll say, go research all of the different poses for the dog and you have to research what kind of coat do they have and all of the things that would go into considerations for fabrics and how you would design it from a practical perspective. How does the dog move and those kinds of things. And um, there wasn't one place that this, this information was really available. And I thought, this is really one of those things that people could save a lot of time if it were all in one place. And so I decided to do it. Um, I didn't know what I was taking on at the time <laughs> <laughs> because it took um, more than five years worth of um, work getting the illustrations and um, the, the scales. And I interviewed someone who was an expert in all the different dog breeds and getting that transcribed and then finally compiling it into the sets of books. And I have to tell you that it's so professionally done, and you could tell that it took you a number of years because of the in reading it as using it as a resource. It's you could tell the time was worth investing. I mean, you you brought something to life that people there is nothing out there like it. And you know what, Lauren? I just want to touch on really quick the FIT the specific course for pets. It, you actually have to go through the courses. It, it's a true design course for people who are going because you know the fashion institute of technology is a big design school but they actually incorporated this course which i thought was great you're the first person i ever knew that graduated from it that 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 you're um that you have a certificate from it can you just tell us a little bit about that sure um it's a program where you have to go through several different classes anywhere ranging from general pet industry information all the way up to uh, designing specific garments and then also creating tech packs, which is something that you need if you're going to deal with uh, a factory. Um, and in your tech packs class, you learn to deal with factories in the U.S. and, and in China. So it's this range of classes from the, the general to the very specific in how to design um, pet products. Uh, so that you can uh, create a business out of it. And what you brought to your books, Dog Breed Fashion and, uh, Illustration Encyclopedia, it, it benefits someone to take it if they're really interested in that. But for what you did, you kind of brought us, you gave us a window into it and we got to see, you know, kind of like what you did and we benefited from it. Because, I mean, you you even get into the the way the coat goes, the like the depth of the coat. Is it a shiny coat, a flat coat? Like there's so many different things for when you're, dressing your dog or making clothes for your dogs or de designing clothes for your dogs, there's so much to take into effect that it's just not something that you, oh, okay, I'm just going to do this. It's like designing something for a human. Yes, absolutely. And and I would even argue that there's even more considerations with the dog because of the coat and the yeah. shedding and yes. all of those kinds yeah. of things. But yeah, it was definitely meant to be one of those reference books, it's one of those things that a designer would put on their shelf and, and reference often um, when faced with, okay, I need to design something for this type of breed. Um, and it's also designed to be a, a textbook. But I personally think, and I, and I know I'm biased, I think it's also something that the illustrations are neat enough that it could even be a table book. 
Yes. Um, but, you know, that's my opinion. <laughs> I, I always told you I felt those would be beautiful table books, coffee table books, and the pet fashion industry patterns. I can see somebody who has a business that would have those out there, just uh, especially in the pet industry, because these are definitely coffee table books. They're of great quality, and they're bound beautifully. The artwork's beautiful. And also, I could see someone who's in the industry having all those encyclopedias, because each one is for a different size and breed. So it's amazing. And and I'm very proud to have had you on the show when they all came out. And I want to let people know about it now because there's a lot of people working from home and they may want to repurpose their career, maybe go in a different direction, or maybe someone who was looking to do something in the pet industry may say, oh my gosh, I could sew or let me look into that and see what I could do or I could design or this would interest me. These books are available for people to uh, use as a resource and a tool. Yes, absolutely. And especially in the time that we're living in, um, you know, I I heard a figure on the the television the other day, um, and I could have the number wrong, but I think we've lost um, 800,000 women from the workforce because they had to stay home with their children and and things like that. Well, typically, uh, not to be stereotypical, but typically a lot of the the people that go into the designing for the dogs and things like that are are women. Mm -hmm. And they might be in a situation where they're looking for how can I start making an income from home while I'm also taking care of my kids and my family and things like that? So it would definitely be a, a prime time for people to explore those options. And um, and even if they're not in a situation where they're, they're forced into a situation like that, I think a lot of people have been rethinking, what do I enjoy in life? And a lot of people get into it because it, it's just a passion of theirs. So... I think that that's great. And speaking of that, I'm going to go take it a step further. You have, um, and before we got on the air, I was joking with you, but I mean, I have my book here and it's very well worn. It's all bent. I've got stickies all through the book. And, and again, we all benefit from your marketing and your pet fashion industry background by the fact that you are not only an award-winning author, but it's a total package because you release a book every year. I'm looking at the 2020 Pet Business Marketing Almanac. It's the seventh book. I'm ordering the eighth book, the 2021. And in that book, there's so much valuable information for the pet business, for the person who is looking to design, or just for the pet lover. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Because this is going to be my eighth year using it. And I use it for my blog, for all of Facebook page, for anything, any articles I I might want to write about. I sort of refer to it because it has so much interesting information regarding dates for pet holidays, weeks of holidays or acknowledgement of resource days. And there's also business tips in there. So can you tell I love the book? I mean, I'm looking at it with Chuck right now. It's all it's all folded up. I put it in my briefcase. I take it with me everywhere because I don't know if I'm writing something because I write all over the place. If something comes in my head, I have to write it down. And I use those dates and I use the 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 supplemental information you have on even so much as meeting people and introducing yourself to people. And I know a lot of the events, the physical events have kind of come to a halt, but there's virtual events and there's things that help people in the pet business, or again, someone who's a pet lover to kind of navigate their year or their month or their week. So can you just tell us a little bit about the Pet Business Marketing Almanac? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, published every year, as you you mentioned, and it's really meant to be a marketing planning tool. For it started out for pet businesses, but I've also found that businesses that would like to do related posts to pets, let's say they have a mascot in their office or something like that, they'll use the pet holidays as a way to uh, you know post something on social media, and it's there to provide. Um, a way for companies or designers or anyone in the pet industry to plan their marketing out for the year so that, for example, the social media posts, they might use the pet holidays or even the other holidays, whether they're health-related or medical-related. It also includes things like the, the media and the publications in the pet industry so they can focus on their public relations uh, perhaps getting their products in a magazine or writing an article that's helpful and informative. And it did, it does include the trade shows and, and conferences. And unfortunately, when it was printed last year, <laughs> we had no idea what, what was coming this year. So a lot of those things, uh, obviously people would have to double check to see if they've been canceled or if they've gone virtual and, and those types of things. But it really was meant to be here's, um, in a small little uh, convenient package, information that should help you throughout the year to market your business. And I love the fact that you say that yours is dog-eared and um, and gets gets worn out because it's absolutely what I meant for it to be. It wasn't one of those things that you just look at one time and then you put back on the shelf. I want. I even thought about doing a contest of, uh, you know, show me your most gnarly almanac. (laughs) I may just win that one. (laughs) Because I really wanted it to be used um, in that way and referenced often. Well, I could tell you this, that I use it. I love it. And as I told you, for all of Facebook page, what we do is we try to keep the, you know, listeners to the show and also the people on her friends on Facebook abreast of what the holidays that are that are coming up, things that we should be recognizing, you know, things that people may not have the accessibility to know about that we have through your book. That's why I say pet lovers love it, too, as well as people in the pet industry. So I just want everyone to know that we love it so much, Olive and I, that we have selected it to be one of Miss Olive's favorite things. It'll be in the January issue of Suncoast Pet Magazine, because I believe everybody who's a pet lover and who also is in the pet industry or maybe looking to get into the pet industry or wanting to learn some marketing skills or so much. There's just so much available for you there that Lauren brings to us. It's kind of like having a little mentor sitting on your shoulder or in my case, in my briefcase, and uh, that we've chosen it as Miss Olive's favorite thing for the January edition of Suncoast Pet Magazine. So we believe in this and I love having you on every year just to talk about this because I think it's so important to people to use this as their uh, support and a, and a tool in their businesses or just in their personal lives. It's evolved so much from when you started it to now. Done is so good. You could tell you put a lot of time and a lot of work into it so that those of us who use it, we truly benefit from it. Well, good. I, I appreciate so much your support and uh, you and all of including it um, in the favorite things. I can't tell you how much that really truly means to me. Um, it gives me motivation to keep on doing it and uh, making sure that it still comes out every year. 
um, even when we're in a crazy year like the yeah. year of COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Whole <laughs> new normal. And, and it's, it's interesting because for us, we do around the holidays and we start around with the blessing of the animals in October and go straight through to Valentine's Day. We have events that all of hosts throughout the year. We've been doing it for years and years and years. And of course, everything's been sidelined for a while now. And I understand that for 2021, we're hoping it gets back to you know normal because I know that people look forward to that type of thing. That's the aspect of what we deal with. But I mean, there's also so much that um, the people in the industry are dealing with. So that's why I really like what you do because you support us. You're kind of like a, like I said, a little mentor of our own. And and speaking of mentor of our own, I love all your books. And for those of you out there, to be totally transparent, Lauren is also a children's book author. And she has the most adorable books. And I love all of them. But my favorite is, of course, Lipstick on a Pug, which you won the Dog Writers Association of America. It's the Maxwell Medal. I mean, it's such a great book. And it's actually the book that when I read it, I said, Oh, my gosh, she had my life as a child. <laughs> and that's when we <laughs> discovered that we were sisters from another mother. So, so could you just talk just a little bit about that? And maybe where the listeners could also go to check out that book and all of your other books, you have beautiful books. And uh, and there's always like a little pug because you're a pug girl. So there's always a little something about a pug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Lipstick on a pug is the story of my first rescue pug um, before we really use the term rescue because I'm that age and I'm not going to say what age that is. And, <laughs> Never. Um, Our secret. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I would dress her up and, and push her around in a, a cart through the neighborhood and even took my grandmother's lipstick and clip earrings and put them on her. Um, she, she was truly the love of my life. Um, at that age. And so that is the story in a nutshell of um, about lipstick and a pug. So uh, if anyone is interested, they can find all of the pug books on leftpawpress.com, um, all of the pet fashion and the pug books and, and any book I've published is, is listed there. And they're all so wonderful. And especially during this time, you know, you have the pug fairy tales. There's so many things out there for children, adults, uh, those in the fashion business, those who are looking to get into the business, those who are in the pet business, those who may be looking to get in it. It's a time of sort of like where everybody's like realigning their priorities and like looking and going, okay, if I have a time that I could probably look into something that I love, this would be the perfect time to do it. Lauren, before we go is there any future projects or anything you'd like to share with the listeners not really i mean obviously we'll do the the almanac again next year and i do have uh, another pug book that is coming out next year it's it's complete and ready to go but just with the the environment that we've had i decided to wait to have it come out next year and uh, and another Pug Fairy Tale book. They'll both come out in 2021. Oh, that's so, you know, and you know, I, I, I feel your, what you're saying too, because we released all of second book, um, Assault Finds Their Forever Friends, right at the beginning of the pandemic. We were trying to tie it into her birthday because that was the theme of the book. And it's, it's a struggle for those of us in the industry who are authors or illustrators because of the fact that it's hard to get the books printed. There's there's a delay in the printing. There's there's just a lot going on. But you know what? Twenty twenty one gonna be we're hoping it's gonna be a whole separate year. A whole other yes, year. Absolutely. 
Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, Lauren, thank you as always for being our guest. We love having you on the show. And as I said, she is my sister from another mother because uh, our lives were so familiar growing up. And I want to thank you for all that you do for pet lovers, for people in the pet industry. You are truly amazing. And as I said, Miss Olive and I have chosen the 2021 Pet Business Marketing Almanac as one of Miss Olive's favorite things for the new year. For those of you looking into it, it it's a great and valuable tool and a reference source for me and I know for so many others out there. So I want to thank you, Lauren. And again, if you want to learn more about Lauren, if you want to learn more about all of her amazing books, go to leftpawpress.com. So thank you so much, Lauren. And I'm sure that we'll be talking to you again in the future. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, we'll be back in just a minute. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, Please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.